to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want, Abe, but uh, next time you see me coming, you better run. Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 132 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is Key Elements of an Effective Antitrust Compliance Program. Hello everyone, thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, a word from our sponsor, Bureau Van Dyke, a Moody's Analytics Company. Today's podcast episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance is sponsored by Bureau Van Dyke, a Moody's analytics company. With information on more than 360 million companies, Bureau Van Dyke is the resource for company data, and they make it simple to compare companies internationally. Their flagship product, Orbis, is used to find, analyze, and compare companies worldwide for better decision-making and increased efficiency. Bureau Van Dyke recently announced its new Compliance Catalyst, which is a data-driven decision engine and risk management platform. Powered by Orbis, new Compliance Catalyst is a game-changer because nothing else combines data, technology, and people power into a single platform. Compliance Catalyst can streamline your KYC, AML, and anti-corruption research and make your client onboarding and customer due diligence process more reliable and efficient. Compliance Catalyst offers several unique advantages, including an integrated platform that combines your data, entity data from Bureau Van Dyke, and flexible due diligence screening, automated and enhanced, instant risk preview, and screening against watch lists and adverse media in seconds, customized dashboard, risk profiles and thresholds, screening and monitoring settings. As part of the Compliance Catalyst platform, several effective modules are provided, including AI-powered adverse media searches and reviews, shareholder power analyses, entity verification and resolution, and integrated enhanced due diligence services. If interested in a demo of the new Compliance Catalyst platform, please contact Bureau Van Dyke at americas at vdinfo.com or call 1-212-797-3550. Well, today we turn to uh, antitrust compliance. And uh, last year we had the uh, big turnaround by the antitrust division uh, in connection with recognizing credit for effective compliance programs. Uh, it, it was a long struggle, I think, uh, a long push to get this done. And uh, for now, uh, in July 2019, the U.S. Uh, Justice Department's uh, Antitrust Division ended a long-running uh, controversy surrounding compliance program credit uh, by issuing its evaluation of corporate compliance programs and criminal antitrust investigations. Um, and it's a great uh, resource. It's filled with uh, excellent ideas, innovative suggestions, uses the same framework as was used earlier by the criminal division, uh, 
uh, and is uh, something that every antitrust practitioner and every uh, compliance officer addressing uh, antitrust risks uh, should take a look at. There's no question the companies need to review and enhance their antitrust compliance programs, especially those companies with tangible uh, antitrust risks. And in designing an effective antitrust uh, compliance program, there are five key elements, which I uh, like to emphasize for an, an antitrust compliance program. One is obviously the risk assessment. Two is culture and senior management buy-in. Uh, three is monitoring and testing, four is training, and five is speak up and uh, reporting systems. So first, let's take a look at antitrust risk assessments. And <clears throat> these should, this analysis should uh, focus on uh, several issues, including market concentration. In other words, how concentrated is a particular uh, marketplace? Uh, and I'll get into that. Products and homogeneity. Uh, geographic markets, sales and tender processes, uh, trade association meetings, industry gatherings, and joint ventures, which are sort of legal collaborations among competitors, which can involve competitors. So market concentration, a company has to examine its product markets, its geographic markets, where it sells its products. Uh, and within each product and geographic market, the key initial inquiry is market concentration. So if a market, uh, if a company, let's say, has only two competitors in a specific market, the risk of anti-competitive price fixing goes up. That uh, underlies antitrust theory. Uh, price fixing, customer or territorial allocations, or even bid rigging if there is a, some kind of bidding process. All of those increase because of the incentive and the ease with which it's to, you can carry out such an agreement with the smaller number of competitors. Uh, the simple rule is the more, the, the more competitors, the harder to execute a cartel scheme. So to assess this factor, a compliance officer has to understand the company's competitive landscape and understand the position of each competitor in the market. Um, for example, I had a case where there were three uh, competitors in the market, one of which was the offender in terms of uh, participating in a uh, price cartel, you know, price fixing arrangement. And uh, the second competitor was very uh, robust as well as the first. And the third was sort of uh, not, didn't have much market share, maybe 10% of the market. And then in that case, what they were able to do was just carry out an agreement among the, the top two. So, uh, so always look at market concentration, huge uh, consideration. S uh, second, product homogeneity. Um, whether the competitors offer a similar product that are largely interchangeable. In other words, uh, the electronic capacitor price-fixing prosecutions uh, center on a homogeneous, homogeneous product, the capacitor, which are interchangeable among competitors, indistinguishable. Um, as a result, competition is usually based on price and no other product-specific characteristic. Another example are consumer batteries, which are interchangeable and subject to intense price competition. In these markets, competitors have a strong incentive to restrict competition over price because of the uh, fact that competition turns on that issue to such a large extent. 
The tender process, depending upon the specific industry, companies may also participate in formal and informal tender processes in which they submit bids for specific projects. In large projects in both the private and public sectors, companies may be provided formal RFPs, requests for proposals, and submit bids simultaneously. In these situations, companies may have incentives to rig or agree on bid prices or allocate bids among themselves. Such a procedure can create incentives and opportunities to enter into illegal agreements, particularly when there are multiple bids across different uh, projects in which the same group of competitors are participating. Trade association and in industry gatherings. Most companies that participate in trade association activities or industry meetings recognize the danger of contacts among competitors. So as a result, companies usually have procedures and policies designed to train participants on antitrust risks and to report on their contacts uh, at such conferences. Industry gatherings obviously create opportunities for, uh, for company sales employees and others to interact and discuss anti-competitive opportunities. So companies have to ensure to the extent these meetings occur and the company staff attend that robust controls are in place to prevent by alerting and training in uh, monitoring such interactions by requiring reporting with regard to contacts. It is a delicate dance since there are many legitimate reasons to have contact with others in the industry. Political activities, lobbying on issues of common concern, standard setting, uh, uh, those types of issues. Finally, let's talk about joint ventures. In many industries, companies enter into joint venture arrangements with competitors. There are real and significant benefits from such uh, joint ventures, but there is a potential for anti-competitive activities. By bringing together competitors and a legal entity to jointly operate a business, the competitors have opportunities to discuss and agree on a cartel under the legitimate cover of a joint venture. And that would be a cartel in another market. So uh, that's, uh, that's an important uh, review sort of of the risk assessment factors and what needs to be look at, looked at. Now let's talk about ethical culture uh, and monitoring and testing. Uh, you know, a company with a poor culture that operates in a concentrated competitive market has significantly higher antitrust risks than companies with a strong ethical culture. This is a basic and well understood uh, premise and principle and it has to be considered when designing an antitrust compliance program. Uh, a compliance officer has to, to undertake a you know, fair and honest appraisal of the, of the company's culture and recognize that senior management buy-in uh, is important to promoting the culture and ensuring that the, the culture uh, is embedded within the company. If senior management does not walk the walk, antitrust risks will increase exponentially along with other relevant risks. So the company's ethical culture message has to include fair and robust competition. There's a fine line here that has to be walked. Of course, every company is committed to competition. But the point is, is that competition has to be done fairly and without illegal tactics. In other words, the company wants to win, but do so in the right way. It can sometimes be difficult to communicate this message without listeners misconstruing uh, the intent behind it. 
This is where senior management reinforcement of fair and aggressive competition is critical. Sales activities are the lifeblood of a company, and senior managers have to set the right tone and to emphasize promoting the company's culture of trust and integrity. That attitude has to permit permeate every aspect of the company's operations so that a positive culture is pervasive throughout the company. Antitrust compliance and fair competition is an important part of this messaging and conduct. A company's monitoring program and testing has to include a company's ethical culture. I've written numerous postings, podcasts also on the topic about this function is critical to preserving a positive ethical culture. Targeted and rapid surveys along with focus groups, proactive interviews, and related measurement of culture performance, hotline calls, employee concerns as, as examples, should be watched to ensure that culture weaknesses are detected and then remediated on a proactive basis. A focused approach on corporate culture should be executed not on an enterprise-wide uh, basis, uh, but more targeted based on specific geographic or product line intelligence so that a problem in a particular office or a particular product or an operation is detected and addressed. From an antitrust-specific perspective, monitoring of activities surrounded, surrounding uh, market uh, functions is critical. Uh, the antitrust guidance re references the use of statistical models for monitoring pricing data to identify potential cartel activity. Um, most companies don't have anything like that, but in fact, most companies have rudimentary monitoring procedures, usually centering around trade association and industry me meetings. Such a limited scope is not effective. A more effective approach to monitor cartel risks is to focus on the high-risk activities like bid procedures, if relevant, pricing changes, operational decisions to enter or exit geographic markets. To the extent these activities are controlled by a small number of people, the risks of an agreement between companies increases. Typically, companies will identify relevant personnel, including executives, managers, and employees, including sales staff, to monitor activities and identify potential indicators of improper conduct. For these individuals, companies can regularly conduct email searches, file reviews, and interviews. For example, emails with a competitor may be relevant to review along with keyword searches. Follow-up interviews of at-risk employees would be important to conduct as part of a regular monitoring and testing procedure. As always, such monitoring activities can be conducted on a sampling basis in relevant decisions and or product lines without required requiring the burden of an enterprise-wide audit. Uh, companies should also build procedures around certain high-risk activities, including pricing, bid preparation, and other key market decisions. The company should create specific controls and require multiple individuals or specially designated committees to review such actions based on proper documentation. Just like all risky activities, segregation of duties is important to ensure that no one person can carry out and implement an illegal price-fixing conspiracy with a competitor. Review of such decisions, approvals, and documentation of the support and reasons for the decisions are important to maintain as a control against illegal agreements with competitors. Finally, let's turn to the last two topics of training and speak up and reporting systems. Uh, many um, many uh, 
global companies are behind the eight ball in terms of meaning uh, slow to implement effective antitrust compliance programs. Uh, I see this all the time in the marketplace out there. A small number of companies, some of which have suffered antitrust enforcement actions or operate in, a, in high risk industries, have implemented some innovative antitrust compliance programs. These programs stand out in the compliance uh, landscape. And they typically include robust training programs, well beyond the dry in-person or webinar-based recitations of antitrust, legal, and compliance issues. Innovative training programs often are used to address key risks such as antitrust and anti-corruption. In this area, companies address antitrust risk through risk-based scenarios, team competition, role-playing, and other interesting formats. And a training program also has to divide the audience into risk-based categories of responsible persons that's keyed to the day-to-day -day ac activities of these persons. For example, a training program for sales staff should be different from a program for those responsible for bid preparation, review, and approval. The risks and red flags relevant for different categories should be addressed through this tailored content. Training is always an important opportunity for a company to communicate uh, the importance of compliance and to solicit questions and input from employees. It is a rich opportunity that can be used as an important compliance moment. Often at the conclusion of a training session, uh, live ones, uh, employees will approach the training person to ask Im important questions that they may not feel comfortable asking in a group setting. These interactions are important sources of information. Employee reporting of concerns is another critical aspect of an antitrust compliance program. While monitoring and effective reporting systems, uh, uh, while monitoring and testing functions may identify suspect uh, antitrust behavior, an effective reporting system in a culture that encourages speaking up is critical, if not determinative, to the effectiveness of a company's compliance program. Another aspect of any reporting system is for senior management to speak up themselves and encourage employees to report concerns and reiterate the company's commitment to prevent retaliation. It is disturbing lately that while we are observing increases in employee reporting rates, employees are suffering from increased retaliation rates. Companies have to root out any re retaliation allegations and punish uh, any of these that are substantiated. Employee reporting is really important in the antitrust context because of the legal consequences. A company that learns about prohibited cartel activity can quickly report such conduct to the antitrust division and earn leniency, immunity from prosecution, and single damages in any related class action case. That such immunity also usually covers those officers that cooperate and provide truthful information uh, as part of the leniency application. The incentives to self-report are important, and sometimes it can come down to basically winning a race to the antitrust division uh, and, and being the first in the door to report uh, the illegal contact, uh, conduct. This can mean the difference between a pass and millions of dollars in fines. And for this reason and others, of course, employee reporting can be the critical avenue to detect potential or ongoing cartel schemes. At the same time, maintaining multiple avenues for reporting employee concerns along with senior management and compliance promotional messaging can advance the overall success 
of an employing reporting system. A speak-up culture is a valuable, critical, intangible asset for a company's compliance program and the overall performance of uh, a company in the marketplace, and particularly when it comes to antitrust risks, uh, given the impact that such a report can have on the legal consequences to the company. Well, that's it, a quick overview of antitrust compliance and the key elements. Uh, these are really uh, important to focus on. I'd like to see people uh, enhancing, uh, reviewing their compliance program uh, in the antitrust space, particularly if you face uh, significant risks, if you're involved in a bidding process uh, for some significant uh, projects. Uh, this is something to look out for uh, because uh, it can have a dramatic impact and uh, the U.S. government has broad jurisdictional reach when it comes to prosecutions in this space. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the services that we provide at www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your Well, Georgia Sam, he had a bloody nose. Well, fatty partner, they wouldn't give him no clothes. Poor Howard, where can I go? Howard said there's only one place I know. Sam said, tell me quick, man, I got to run. Oh, Howard just pointed with his gun and said, that way down Highway 61. finger said to Louis the King I got 40 red, white, blue shoe strings and a thousand telephones that don't ring. Do you know where I can get rid of these things? And Louis the King said, let me think for a minute, son. Then he said, yes, I think it can be easily done. Just take everything down to Highway 61. She says it's much too white He said come here and step into the light He says mm, you're right Let me tell a second mother this has been done But the second mother was with the seventh son And they were both out on Highway 61 Thing before, but yes, I think it can be very easily done.